2: uh, about the bible and when i think about topics and passages about the bible one of the greatest passages one of the greatest things if not the best thing ever in the universe is the resurrection of jesus christ and so this is pastor Pete Becky and i'm joined today by P Mac pastor Mac that's Don McDonald and by pastor Josh Kugel and we're just going to have these three pastors here the three of us Kind of ruminate a little bit about Easter and the meaning of Easter and the importance of the resurrection. And Josh, I think you said you'd kind of take the lead on this, so I'll let you go ahead. and And I see that your Zoom name is right now called the Right Reverend Billy Graham. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, we like we're playing around a little bit on our, our video with Zoom for Zoom, but uh, you know we're we're approaching. Uh, I'm not one for church calendars normally, um, but I, I will say that we've already arranged the entire church service around uh an event. And I don't know if you guys know really why we worship and why they started worshiping on Sundays. Um and I know I think there's something with they were kicked out of synagogues and stuff and they couldn't worship on Saturdays. But really, uh and I, I'm hoping that's right. I, I've heard that. Um but i'm um, but really it's because Sunday was the day that Jesus resurrected. And so um, we've already begun to observe our worship schedule based on the one it should be based on, which is Jesus Christ and uh, us just kind of uh, humbling ourselves and recognizing how amazing he is. And so I, I think that's part of what worship is, is just seeing myself as who I am and then seeing God as just so infinitely better. <laughs> and so I just kind of recognize that, but I also do that. I mean, I may not be one that celebrates the year around a the the church calendar or something like that but it's hard to go by easter which is probably the most significant event in the life of a christian in the life of the church and in the entire history of the world and so i I just want to look at that but i want to set the stage for easter god made man and we kind of know the story i'm just going to kind of summarize it really quick god made man put him in the garden made woman everything was perfect man rebelled things changed. Now it's no longer possible for man to know what he was made for, which is to glorify God. So no longer possible for man to be in a right relationship with God. So God, this is the God who made trillions of stars, the God who breathed planets into being, the God who created systems that include not only night and day, but the way molecules cling to each other and create a, a periodic, the elements of the periodic table. This is the God who created trees and, created uh, water and the systems that cause life. And he, he created animals and all this kind of stuff. The same God that did all that became flesh. And so we celebrate that in Easter. But I think, I mean, I'm sorry, at Christmas, but we really need to understand that at Easter. Here's God who has just walked for 33 years uh, of a human life. The, one, the same one who did everything, who's become now uh, uh, completely God and, and also completely man who is now, and he recognizes the only reason he's here, the main reason he's here is not just to show us who God is and what God does and all, but to make a way to become uh, the way the truth or to be the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through me. And so here we have God who now walks into the final week of his life. Now, keep in mind, he's already been betrayed by other people. That's, I mean, because he's gone through the human experience as the perfect man. Um, he's been betrayed by others. He's watched people he loves die. Um, he's watched people he loves and believes in fail him. Um, he's watched all all this stuff that we watch and now he's approaching the final week of his life. And he is completely aware that I'm going to have to die. I'm going to have to be hung naked. I'm going to have to be accused. I'm going to have to be beat by the ones I made and love and gave myself for. And we walk into Easter and it's just hard to look at Easter without looking into, okay, the, the cross. And so you guys have anything to say just to recognize about the cross and the, the, the tragedy and the, the, the friends betraying him and all this stuff? We're getting to Easter, but I just think it's hard to talk about the resurrection without talking about the path that led to Easter. And I want to just start with Golgotha. I want to start with the cross. I want to start with the, the beauty of, and it's not really the beauty, man, I mean, but God Himself became man. And was hung in front of his mother his friends uh the people he i i just there there are very few words that we even get to the magnificence of it but the all the aweness of it and the tragedy
3: of i i don't know what do you guys have to say
1: i i just find myself you know when when you look at the journey to the cross the extent of which god will go to love us humankind that he would put his son as it were through all that so that we can be fully connected to the father in heaven you know and and how that Journey shows, you know, my God, my God, how have you forsaken me? You hear him cry out that, Elohai, Eloi, Eloi Lopti, Sakta T, I believe. And, and you start realizing, you know, as I'm putting together a Good Friday service, I, I revel in the cross. And yet I realize in the cross, with all that spiritual warfare going on, we're already getting a taste of victory.
3: We're already. Bye. He died.
2: He died for
3: us. Death is defeated at the cross, isn't it?
2: Yes, he died for us. Death was defeated at the cross because of sin. Sin separated us from God. Sin's price was paid. Right, sin separated us from God, and this was the price for sin. It used to be borne by the blood of animals, sheep, goats, other things, you know, even even sacrificing birds, um, you know, for two two small birds was what were sacrificed. Two small doves, I guess, would be the way to put it. Pigeons, um, when Jesus was um, dedicated on the eighth day at the temple after he was born, um, what the Bible says, the wages of sin. The wages of sin is death. Yes,
0: so it's, it's satisfied at the cross.
2: And you know, we 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 have talked about this in the past a little bit. The three of us on podcast. We we just did a podcast recently about the suffering servant, and uh, we we talked a little bit about this. But the whole point is, you can't have Easter without all this suffering first. Mm. And all this suffering happened because God loves us that much. There is a line in a song. I. Think it was by Michael Card that says, Could it be that you would really rather die than live without us? I love that line. Mm-hmm. And and that's um to me one of the biggest parts of the essence of of the cross, why it was necessary. But the cross isn't the end for we Christians, and that's the glorious part.
3: Yeah yeah so the cross then
0: leads to the grave and so um jesus dies uh everything has to be done really quickly because the sabbath is approaching and nobody can work on the sabbath or at least jews can't and so um who is it joseph of arimathea uh is that right joseph of arimathea offers his family tomb it's probably a a fairly new tomb um and and says, let's do this quick. Uh they take care of the body, they apply the ointments and spices and wrap and everything as quickly as they can, and they put him in the tomb. And then Sabbath comes. Um, um it, although I know there are different, uh, uh there are different impressions about what day of the week it happened on, that kind of thing. Um, but just just kind of uh going with it, the, the more traditional one, I think. Sabbath comes. Um the people who are closest to jesus know that he's died what is it like for the and this is just we're speculating because we know how they responded after the resurrection and all but what is it like for the people who have put the last three years of their hopes and dreams into jesus christ to watch him die to be laid in the ground and it'd be sabbath day
1: well i i want to take a step back if i may be so bold josh yeah the intentionality of scripture through this whole thing is so beautiful in the light of how do we know jesus died
3: we know it because
1: he was buried
3: yeah
1: his body I also know
3: it because he was stabbed in
0: the in the in the side too. in the side you know, Yeah.
1: know the, the intentionality of jesus's death you know because you know, we, we hear the counter argumentation every once in a while, well, he, he was only phased by it and he just passed out and, you know, he wasn't, he didn't die. And it's like, listen, scripture says he was buried. Scripture says his side was pierced to prove he was dead. And and I think, you know, when, when you look at the intentionality of that journey to the empty tomb, he definitely died so that we are made whole in the presence of god our sins are washed away you know um and and i think that's the beauty of scripture i challenge you as you as you listen to this podcast open up your bibles look how intentional the authors were through the leading of the holy spirit to say he definitely died but he definitely rose you know, I sort of wanted to take a step back on that and me being old and having dementia. What was your question, Josh? <laughs> uh,
0: so, so the question is, um, you're the disciples. You're the people closest to him. Maybe even his mom, uh, Mary Magdalene. You're, and you've just watched the one you've put uh, for his mom. This is one she's put 33 years of her life into, plus the, the pregnancy and everything. You've just watched the one you put all your hopes and dreams in. And you obviously, at least most of them, I don't think, think that he's going to be bodily resurrected. What are you thinking at that point? How how do you, I mean, some of them go back to Jobs. Uh, Thomas, we know how he reacts. What are you thinking when Jesus dies? It's Sabbath day. It's the day to worship God. And your Savior, supposedly, uh, has now... It's ended. It's over.
2: Life was different for each person, I think. If you're one of the 12 or one of the 11, because Judas killed himself. um, If you're one of the 11, you have just invested three years at least of your life in following this person whom you thought was going to be the one And as much as Jesus tried to tell them ahead of time, look, I'm going to be handed over and killed, they didn't seem to grasp it. And so I don't know if some of them maybe had this little inkling that, well, maybe I got this inkling of hope because he said something about rising from the dead. I think Thomas, who you brought up, Josh uh, specifically, I think he probably was one of the most affected by it. Um, it was like the, the the Bible kind of gives us this indication that he needed to be able to see to believe. Well, I think he gets a little bit of a bad rap because when you see the fact that Jesus showed Thomas his hands and his side after the resurrection I'm jumping ahead, it's no more than what he did earlier when he saw the other 10. Yeah, He's, and
0: Thomas, Thomas turns out to be just a hero, man. Yeah i mean yeah. after the resurrection he's just like awesome and right, sometimes right. we just remember it's sad that we only remember some people for one thing
2: that they do exactly uh, and, that, yeah. and that's what i was getting at but i think you know his world was turned upside down what you you ask? what was going on sabbath or whatever why wasn't he with the other ten when jesus appeared that first time you know that's that's a good question was he off moping or maybe he had just gone out to get food for the rest of them. You know, it's like, hey, I'm on a McDonald's run now. What do you guys want? Hey, Jesus came while I was gone. I don't imagine it's that way. But, um, you know, who who knows why he wasn't there. But there, there was this, this, you know, they were totally wiped out from this. They, they didn't know what to do. They were despondent. Yet at the same time, they were all together. Which makes me think that maybe they had some hope. Because they were together, even though Jesus was gone. You know, and again, why was Thomas not there? Was it just a matter of timing, bad timing? that he was gone or had he not joined them again? We don't really know. It doesn't really say.
1: And of course, they did hear him say, hey, in three days, I will rebuild this temple. Right. But, but again, understand it.
0: Yeah, we think on this side of it, with all we have, we think, how could he have been more clear? But for whatever reason, they just I don't know if it's just being there and it looks different. You know, hindsight is 2020. Um what
1: is an Israelite's concept of messiah mm-hmm. is yeah. a military picture, it is a one who restores Israel physically into existence as a nation, you know. Um uh, and and you know, when I when whenever I preach Pomp Sunday. It's sort of like, hey, he came in on a donkey and a colt, and he came in in a way that people least expected. Yeah. Because in Zechariah, it's all about the coming of, you know, the one that brings peace, the one that brings, you know, shalom peace. I love shalom. I probably have worn out my people on shalom for 28 years, but (laughs) it's a shalom peace that God's presence is there. That's what gives you that peace, and that's what he ushers in. So, you know, the expect, even John. The Baptist. I've spent some time on John this particular Lent season. Even as he's getting ready to be beheaded, he's going, "Hey, did I get it right? Jesus, what are you doing? Are are, are you really the one? Did yeah. I, did I baptize you right? You know, are you the one? You know." And so, I, I think there would be a season of sitting together, going, "Okay, a, what just happened? B, he's gone. C." How do we work through this? Mm-hmm. And we
2: we have two thousand years of history to look back on. You know, we accept the resurrection. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: they when 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 Jesus was resurrected, it hadn't happened before. Yeah. So before they they saw the resurrected Jesus, well, they had seen Lazarus get raised. They had yeah. seen the the daughter of Jairus get raised. They had seen the. The um, son of the widow at Nain get raised, but the guy who raised all of them was now dead himself. Yeah. You know,
0: well, and they and, and obviously they were brought back to life, and their bodies were decaying again. <laughs> so right. death had not been beaten, it, it, right? It, right. But I'm it, saying, it, given a temporary, uh,
2: right. But what I'm getting is that from the perspective of these disciples, that yeah. they on the Sabbath, oh, yeah. yeah. Easter, I'm yeah. saying, what were they thinking? Because the only one they'd ever seen this happen with was now gone now i guess it's possible that when jesus sent them out two by two that maybe some of them did some miracles maybe some of them actually you know were able to resurrect people the bible doesn't say for sure one way or the other that they did or didn't but still jesus was the reason for it all and that's what i was just getting at is from their perspective on that saturday before easter sunday the first easter sunday I think that they had a lot of questions. They were despondent. They they just did not know what to do. All
0: right. So before we get to Resurrection Sunday, I'm going to take a, a side step just really quick. Um, there's a lot of bad theology, I think, that comes from music and and movies and what we say about things. I think one of the ones that that I find a lot of people in church have is uh, when Jesus was on the cross, the Father turned away, and it was kind of like uh, he 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 disowned him or separated himself from him or or left him to do it on his own and we know about God that God is three you know one one god in three persons and it's completely phys- you know I don't want to say physically it's just it's it's utterly ridiculous to think that God and Jesus are separate at any point and so i but the next thing we get into is 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 what happened where Jesus was that day the the time between his death and resurrection and we may not want to spend a lot of time here, but some people have this impression that he went into hell. Why is that? It's because uh, one of the great creeds of the church says so, right? Um, some other people have an impression that Jesus was just dead, that death was defeated at the moment that he died, paying the price of death, and then rose again. Some obviously in heaven. Where, what happened? Or do we want to skip this question?
2: Well, I'm trying to. No, I'm trying to. I'm laughing. So, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to recall the scripture um, where it says. I'm trying to. I, I remember the scripture, but I can't remember the. The. I um, feel
1: like this is a senior oral question. Yeah, I, I
2: can't be a minister. I can't, <laughs> I can't recall the reference to it, but the Bible does say that he went and preached to the spirits yeah. in Hades, and I think that that's where some people get the the understanding. Of this is you know where he went and preached to the spirits in hell um, who had already died before the um, crucifixion. I have another idea that I think may have happened um, Now maybe this did happen while you know on on that on that, uh, on that uh, day before Easter but you know I, I tend to think that Jesus had gone through all of this stuff and you know what he did on the Sabbath he rested. Mm-hmm. I'm not joking when I say that because yeah. I mean, you know, he went through a whole lot, and it's like the Sabbath was a day of rest, and he rested, and then on the on the next day, as soon as that first glimmer of light came up over the horizon. That was the third day that started as soon as that third day started. Because understand that they, they they counted from day one was Friday, day two was Saturday, three, day three was Sunday. That's where they get three days. They didn't count the way that we do in the United States. And in fact... Using the same understanding, that's where the Beatles got their song eight days a week. They weren't trying to be silly, but they count a week as eight days. At least that's how it was in, in England at that time. That was the way that the biblical people counted days. You counted the day you were on, and then tomorrow was day two. So, it okay. like, so that's where they get three days. But anyway, um, I think that Jesus rested on the Sabbath as well. <clears throat> okay.
1: I find it interesting that if we're really honest, it's it's not totally clear where Jesus was when he died. Uh, you know, we we can prove one way or another, but you know, when, whenever I think about that day, it, it it reminds us that on that day we have to examine. That Saturday we examine who we are in Christ because there is that wonderment of why he's in the grave for us. There is that wonderment of that journey, you know, whether, you know, on the third day, you know, he rose again from the dead. But in the meanwhile, and and it was so ironic, Josh, in a way, I, I was, I remember a lecture from Dr. Wayne Grudem from Trinity where I did my seminary work. And he made it real clear he doesn't say he ascended in the you know into Hades he will never say that part of the Apostles' Creed, yeah yeah, because he feels it's not it, it really didn't happen, and what he used to always say is is that he resided in the grave in his death to prove the reality that he died, but it didn't stop there,
0: yeah, yeah, I almost wonder too. You you said he, he was buried. They 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 poked him in the side with a spear. Um, I mean, after a couple of days, you're not coming back. <laughs> this is kind of like, hey guys, I'm really dead. <laughs> you know, and, and to history, hey, uh, it's not like he just, you know, they they accidentally buried him, because we've heard of that happening to people and they knock on the 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 you know, or whatever. No, he was really dead. <laughs> so all right, so <clears throat> Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, how would you like to be known as the other Mary? The other Mary. The Mm -hmm. other Mary. Went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman, don't be afraid. He said, I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Just as he told you over and over again, what happened, you dummies? I don't, it doesn't really say that. <laughs> but it's easy from my perspective to say, why didn't they? You know, we've already covered it. come see where his body was lying. And now go quickly to tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there. Remember what I've told you. So death is beaten. The grave is beaten. We now know as a firstborn among many that we don't have to fear death, which changes everything about the Christian. Before we talk about this, for you guys, does it change the way you live knowing that you don't have to fear death and that you're going to live forever because you have a relationship with Jesus?
1: Hmm. I I need to take a step back with, and if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you're keenly aware that I've been deeply touched by the passing of my brother of ALS in August, but he wasn't afraid to die. And, And a lot of it was because he knew Jesus had already paved the way for him to live forever. In the presence of God in His time, and and so there was a sense of contentment, knowing that even as he passes of ALS at fifty six, it was like, "Hey, Don, I'm just going home, and and I know my Jesus is there, and and I'm comfortable with that reality." You know, and and I think. I, being around the nursing home is just across the way here. And you know, I'm dear friends with a person who worked in that nursing home for 40 years. And we used to always say you could tell the death of a believer versus a non-believer just by how they took the last breath. There was no fear
3: in a believer. It's like, I'm home. So I guess that's the way I would sort of
1: address, you know, that question.
2: The question was, if I'm not mistaken, um, does it influence? Does the resurrection influence the way uh, you live? How I view, how uh, live? How I live? How I live? But how I view death as well? I think, is, yeah, absolutely. And obviously, I think absolutely it does. Um, I. I don't want to die anytime soon I think that's the human part of us but especially as I get older and I'm not that old I'm 60 years old but you know goodness um, 100 years ago as I said 100 years ago 60 would have been quite old yeah um but you know I don't have a, a desire to die But at the same time, I get faced with the questions that as I get older and as I see more and more people, especially those who are maybe 10, 20, 30 years older than I am dying more regularly um, in my life. Uh, And I see certain people like for instance, when I know that my wife works at a hospital's cancer center Um, and seeing how many of those types of people, I don't see them, but I hear her, you know, describe how many people are getting treated, not necessarily numbers, but that people are getting treated, and there are certain ones who she just doesn't think are going to make it much longer or whatever. She doesn't give me names, so it's not like she's violating any laws or anything like that, but, you know, I can see how that affects her, but it also makes me think about, you know, if I have to face that type of situation, how hard do I want to fight to stay here? you know, I don't know that I will be able to answer that question unless I get put in that situation. But at some point, I think that, you know, if it's if I'm losing a lot of hope that I have much chance of survival, I don't know that I'm going to be asking for, you know, extraordinary efforts to keep me alive in this in this life, because I know that what awaits me is so much better. Well, let me just just, my
1: favorite, my favorite quote, that I've always heard said around our Sunday school table when we talk about this particular topic is, my bags are packed, but I'm not quite ready to go yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, do,
0: I do want to say, as far as, I want to tell you about the difference the resurrection makes. At the cross, John, from what we understand, was probably the only one willing to risk his life to be around Jesus, right? That's kind of the understanding we get. They were all They had all watched Jesus for three years. They'd probably taken part of many, many, many miracles, even seeing the power of God move through their own bodies and words and everything like that. But they were so scared of death that they fled the scene because they didn't want to be associated with Jesus. Jesus comes back to life and every one of those disciples lives with such reckless abandon. I don't want to say that in a bad way, but if I die it doesn't matter because they now know that death cannot take them. They now know that death doesn't have ultimate power over them. So they lived in such a way that history tells us, church tradition tells us, and we have every reason to believe that it's at least probably true that every single one of them, except John, lived so with so little, I don't want to say this in the wrong way because I don't want to make it sound reckless because I think they put their, hands, their, their lives in the hands of God and just trusted God, but did whatever it took. So that, and you look at Paul, man, Paul was beaten and all, what's the difference between somebody who just believes really strongly and somebody that knows that death is not going to take them. They live like, I think if they really believe that and they really passionately believe in what they're doing for Jesus, they live saying things like, you know what? If I die, I die. <laughs> uh, if I die, it's, it's, okay. I have to do this because God's called me to do it, whatever it is. And so I really think the resurrection made was responsible for that difference. Sure. People people went from being timid and scared for their lives to being, oh well, if I die, I die. <laughs> because I it's not that, the end.
2: Yeah, that has a lot to do with it. I think that there's several things that happen. I don't think that we can minimize Pentecost either when it yeah. comes to that type of um that type of way of viewing things. But the resurrection, absolutely, they saw him. They didn't just, you know, think they saw a spirit. I I think one of the best things that I liked uh, of of the resurrection um, accounts was when, I think it was Luke. I'm not looking at it right in front of me, but whenever he, when Jesus asked them for a piece of fish so he could eat it in front of them, one of the things that I had heard, and I didn't know this until a few years ago, was that there was an understanding, right or wrong, that if you saw a ghost, that if something was a ghost, a ghost could not eat, and that was the understanding of the time when when people believed in those ghosts. And so Jesus, in asking for that piece of if for something to eat, and then eating that piece of fish in front of them, was proving to them, look, this is not just a ghost. I'm really here. Um, now, again. Yeah. Did Jesus believe that a ghost couldn't eat? I'm not saying that, but what he was doing is he was doing whatever it took to convince them. Look, it's really me, and that made such a big difference.
0: Yeah, yeah, they saw with their own eyes that death isn't the end, um, and and they also saw that uh, Jesus is the one that did it. So I better trust him. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, let me let me ask you this: as as pastors, as a uh, theologians um i've since changed my name to the right reverend pete becci because you 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 got
2: that a little off it's the not quite right reverend (laughs) but it's people who and that's why
1: josh uh, is the man josh is uh, the man
2: (laughs) as as people
0: who uh have the trust of others to talk about this kind of stuff often at least to have the trust of others how can people find amazement in the resurrection after so many years of celebrating it every year? Because you, you guys know this. Things get old. You do the same thing over and over again. It turns to repetition. Um, Jesus. Obviously, these women had seen Jesus die. These disciples had seen Jesus die. Now the women are confronted with an angel. The the dead has come to life. The one that they had given their entire lives to, that they thought they had lost, is now back. Um, for them, it's easy to find awe in this. But I've been in church all my life. Every year we go to church on Easter. Every year the pastor is there trying to pump us up. You should be excited about Easter. You should be. How, how do we avoid the problem of repetition? with the especially with the church calendar but especially this day how do we avoid the problem of getting used to something
1: and you know i want to put on top of that imagine being in the same church for 27 years hearing the same voice for 27 years for easter you know and because i've asked myself personally that question you know because We, if we're honest as preachers, we all have what I call the holy rhythm. We all see one thing in a certain way and we try to flavor it one year with ginger and the next year with a little bit more garlic and the net, you know, there's that seasoning and, and ironically in January, that's the exact question I asked myself, Josh. Hmm how do i as it were have a time of revival and refreshment for danforth church and and one of the things that i did is i went back to john and just basically worked through john one did john five of this is who jesus is get back to the basics Revel in the basics that he's the word. Revel in the basics that he is the light. Revel in the basics that he is the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. You know, and, and watch Jesus move in your life, holding on to the basics. Because sometimes we get so caught up in what I call the nuances of the faith that we forget the basics. Yeah. and And so I've been more in the realm of revel in the basics of who Jesus is, recommit yourself to that Jesus. And, and, you know, Good Friday, I'll do probably Suffering Servant like we did here. And then we're just going to revel in his resurrection and really understand, you know, his resurrection is our resurrection, you know, and and really enjoy that. And I think we will be doing it through music um, quite a bit of it this, this time out. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's, sort of where where I'm at I I want to get back to the basics and really just see who Jesus is in his pureness.
2: I think that everything has a tendency to get old. I don't care what it is the resurrection Christmas you know anything has a tendency to get old if you just repeat it all the time. However, I think the key is to make sure that each person in as much as we, can do it as pastors it's it's not really our responsibility except to provide the opportunity but each person has to be responsible to make sure to have his or her own true encounter with jesus christ because i can't live on another person's faith i have to live on the faith that god gives me um tony evans it was dr tony evans um and i think i may have used this before um, said something, and I may i paraphrasing because I might not be saying it exactly right. He said, to our forefathers, Christianity was an experience. To our fathers, Christianity was an inheritance. To us, Christianity is a convenience. To our children, Christianity is a nuisance. And I think when we look at that kind of stuff with the resurrection, if we just kind of play it off, um, You know, by the time you get to the third, fourth generation, it's not as meaningful. But I have to remember that I need to experience Jesus Christ. And if I experience Jesus Christ, then his resurrection becomes all that more meaningful to me. So this is about where we are. Josh, did you have anything else you wanted to add to that? Or? No, um, we're having
0: an egg hunt next week. So that's really the.
2: Yeah. The, no, I, I tell,
0: I, I have to tell our church this too, because we get lost in our culture, that the, the main reason we do that kind of stuff is because we believe so strongly in the resurrected Jesus and how he can change a life that we will even use connections with our culture to introduce them to him.
3: Right. And, and so uh, <laughs> you got to
0: keep that the main focus. The second we start to think it's egg hunts or anything like that, we, we lose. Right just uh, to
2: make clear you're not telling your congregation that that Easter is about Jesus leaving little eggs for people to to no, and hop along with or whatever it has no, nothing but to do with the they, there,
0: there was a cartoon I just saw a minute ago um and it, it showed the the stone being rolled away and the Easter bunny was crushed under it but I <laughs> I I don't know I mean I I don't know I think Easter I guess the challenge is there's somebody in your life because Easter is the day that people are most likely to consider coming to church. I don't know what it is. It's a cultural thing. It's, it's, I don't know, but people are sensitive to being in church. So we use whatever we can do to get them there. That's, you know, not sinful or whatever, but we connections with culture. We will have a photo booth. You can come to a church and take pictures with your family or whatever, but we never forget the whole reason that we do church is to glorify God, to bring attention to jesus and all this kind of stuff and and i I would just say that you have a unique opportunity this coming easter that somebody in your life who may not be considering jesus may consider joining you at church may consider joining you to hear your pastor tell a story kind of like what we just did and it can make all the difference in the world the way they live and the way they spend eternity so that's kind of where to leave it and i'm
1: and i'm humbled by the reality of our digital ministry in Easter this year. Yeah. And how we will show the excitement in Danforth's own unique way of Jesus's resurrection. I mean, that that's really my prayer as we get back to the basics of Jesus. And that's sort of why I did it is because we are presenting the gospel online now not everybody knows the basics of Jesus. And then to be able to proclaim his resurrection and rock and roll in Danfers' unique way, you know, we're ready to go. You know, to do that. So I know we need to close, Pete. So it's all yours, friend.
2: Well, I just still remember the words of the Catholic Mass that we would say every 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 mass, <clears throat> the mystery of our faith. Let us, you know, say the mystery of our faith was Christ has died. Christ is risen, Christ will come again. That's the bottom line. I mean, we summed it up, but you know, we want to have a little bit more, um, what do I say, excitement about it. And hopefully that these thoughts that we've shared today about Easter, about the resurrection, about the things that led to the resurrection, and about the things that take place because of the resurrection, including our being able to have Jesus live within us through the Holy Spirit. And it's Jesus living within us through the Holy Spirit who reconciles us to God the Father. There's the title of the podcast, Reconciling Grace. So, Josh Kugel, thank you for your insights today, talking about the resurrection. Don McDonald, thank you for being with us. Both are pastors. Both are going to be leading their services on Easter Sunday. Um, and I'm probably not going to be leading mine. I am an associate pastor, but I'm at uh, Christway. Community Church in Pleasantville, Ohio. And it's good to have you with us for another episode of Reconciling Grace. Have a blessed Easter. May God bless you in all that you do. And Lord willing, we'll see you again next time.
0: This has been Reconciling Grace.